for those of you that have been with me before, welcome back, welcome back. Um, if it's your first time and you're saying, who is this? Well, who am I? I go by the name of Tornado, and I educate and inform from a faith-based perspective to encourage healing of the mind, body, and spirit that have been damaged by abuse-related traumas. So that's what we do around. Hey, there's Brother Ben coming in. I'm telling you, I got the crew coming in tonight. Hey, Karen. Hey, Karen. What's going on? What's going on? Let me get this going so I'll be able to see everybody's comments here nice and big and be able to read them. Right, right. You know, all week, guys, we've been talking about great champions, people that were great champions for God. Thank you for that um, inviting the followers, J9. Thank you so much, guys. I love you guys. I missed you. been waiting all day to come on and give this lesson tonight. So, in fashion, we're going to continue. Hey, Miriam, glad to see you. That was my girl. I love me some Miriam, y'all. I just can't tell y'all enough. Bless you, Brother Ben. Um, great champions. Tonight, we're going to talk about spiritual growth. You got them both there. Well, see, I can't make them jealous. I love them little pups. You guys have to follow Karen um, and check out her... Um, her little pup family over there, her little fur babies, as they call them. There's my sister, Mel, coming into the building. Welcome, everybody. So tonight's lesson, spiritual growth. Which champion are we going to talk about tonight? Anybody want to? Hey, there's my sister-in-law, man. We got a full house. Come on in. Take a seat anywhere. We don't discriminate up in this church. You know you know how some of them you go to, you got to sit in a certain spot. You got to reserve seats for the high tithers. You sit anywhere you want in the sanctuary out there. Make yourself comfortable. Make yourself self-comfortable. You need something to drink, hold your hand up. The ushers will come and help you. They got your back. Come on now. Um, all right, I see everybody rolling in. Boy, we're going to have a night tonight. And y'all can see I'm feeling much better. This job had me worn out, but I'm back on my feet tonight. So let's get into it. I'm going to talk to y'all tonight. So uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Tornadoes at the podium tonight. We're going to talk tonight. We're going to talk about spiritual growth, right? And, and who we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about Peter. That's right, good old Peter. And you know when Peter first met Jesus, hey, Terry, that's my girl, Terry, coming and I was talking about you on last night's scope, sis. Um, you know, when Peter first met with Jesus, his name was Simon. But, I, you know, I guess Jesus was like, I don't like that name, so we're going to give you a new name. Jesus renamed him, gave him the name of Peter, right? Initially, for those that are, um, are familiar with it, you know, Peter, he was real impulsive and acted, you know, kind of impetuously, you know, before really giving any kind of thought to what he did or said. You know, we're going to get into some examples here, um, and we're going to get right on into this lesson. So I'm telling you, invite your followers, call a friend and tell them tornado on the night. Boy, and she's going to give it to us. That's right. We're going to get into it. So uh, we're going to look at Matthew 14, and then and the whole synopsis of it is between 20. 22 and 33, but I'm actually going to start at 28, and we're going to start breaking down initially, and we're going to go through the stages of Peter's growth, and we're going to relate it to how can we grow today with everything, hey, Mama Waters, glad to see you, with everything that's going on in today's society, how can we stay strong and continue to build our faith, our spiritual growth, building up in our storehouses, putting a little something on the shelves, as I like to say, storing it up, right? Because right? um, we all on deck, right? And you know it's coming, man. We all on deck. So we got to be ready when that time comes to go to that upper room. We got to be ready, y'all. So, you know, let's look. The first, you know, when, when we first get into this, 
you know, Peter, he was just one of them ones that was like, he was a rugged kind of guy. So if we look at 14, verse 14 in Matthew, and, and we start at, you know, at the point when Jesus had put them on the boat, and, you know, he's just strolling, you know, across the water. And so, you know, the disciples look out and was like, who is that? You know, so Peter, he steps up. Um, and if we start here, what do I put, 22... Uh, let's see. All right, 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, Is it a ghost? And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. You know, it's just every day that you see somebody walking across water, you know, and you shouldn't be scared, right? And so Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. He's like, Come on, come on out here. Um, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and called him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? So in tornado fashion, I posed the question, how many times have we jumped out into deep water with shallow faith and found ourselves in quite a pickle? How many times? I know I d I've done it quite a few times. You know, I, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count jumping out there, you know, and thinking, oh, I got this, you know, I got this. But you and we let that, the, the, the um, the humanly instincts override, you know, putting all of our faith, 100% faith behind the Father, right? That's what tends to happen. So then we get out there and we start to sink and then we do the same thing that Peter did. He started hollering, Lord, save me. Lord, the same thing that we do when we get in trouble, right? We start saying, Lord, come and have it. Lord, I need you. I really need you now. And he's like, well, you needed me the last 3,999.5 times that you called me. So, you know, what's different about this time? So we really, really have to be strong in our faith. We can't just say it verbally. We have to, it has to come from in here. You know, like Karen, she's unwavering. You know, no matter whether it comes down to somebody telling her um, that uh, dates have flies in them or whether they're trying to tell her something about her scripture, Karen is unwavering in her faith. And she's going to stand up against anybody and say, uh-uh. That's not right. No, there's nothing you can do or say to convince me otherwise. And that's how we have to be with this, right? You know, and, and Peter also, he, he tended to speak too soon when his faith was kind of wishy-washy, right? If we look at Matthew 26, and, and we start at, you know, at 31 there, uh, when he goes um, 26, let's look at 26 here. So then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've raised, after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter speaks up in Peter fashion and answered to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Well, we know in Peter fashion that was not true because just a few short hours later, he denied Jesus three times. But the thing about it, and the same with us, 
Jesus saw potential behind the facades of Peter. You know, the, the faces that he was putting up. You know, when Peter was impetuous, Jesus was patient with him. When we're impetuous, when we're running around out here doing anything, saying anything, he's patient with us. When Peter was cowardly, Jesus saw beyond that and said, you know what? He just needs to grow a little bit. His faith and his strength needs to get a little bit stronger. Jesus didn't give up on him. You know, Peter just needed time and understanding. The same way some we need time and as we say, everybody's pro growing process is different. Everybody grows, processes, heals at a different level. But the important thing is you're making the advances. You're taking the steps to grow deeper in your spiritual faith so that we can all stand together as one body, one band, one sound. You know, and, and I was listening to something today, and I should have jotted the number down when the guy had done research to find out exactly how many different religions are out there divided but all serving the same God. It just makes you scratch your head and say, one body. How do we have all of these different divisions? But that's a whole nother lesson. I ain't gonna even get off into that one though. Right? You know, so some people the same way, right, too many, way too many. I'm like, wow, I can't remember the number that he said, but I was just, blunt. I was like, wow. And it was something that I had jotted down to do research on also, to be like, how many different religions do we have? But we're all, you know, we all say that we're... Um, worshiping the same God. We're we're all working on one accord, you know, trying to get to that end thing, you know, to save souls, to bring people to salvation, you know, because there's plenty of room up there in the upper room. We, you know, we just need everybody to get on board, right? You know, in the same way that people can see through the facades that we tend to put up, you know, that rough outer exterior or, you know, everything's good, you know, I'm fine. The same way Jesus saw through all of that and he was patient and understanding with Peter. God sees through that same thing for us and he's just saying I'm going to give it time. I'm going to give it time. And it may be one of those situations where people need to come into your life um you know, and, and what does it say? One, um, one plants, one waters. You know, and sometimes even us, when we're working on people, we get hung up and say, man, how come I can't, you know, I can't get them to see what I'm saying? You know, how do they not see this faith? How are they not believing the way that I believe? It may be your job to plant that seed. But then, in true God fashion, he's going to go along and make sure somebody comes along to, with the water to help continue to grow that person and help them grow in their spiritual growth. So, you know, we can't get hung up and feel like, man, I, I, I didn't get them. I did. Don't worry about it. If you've planted the seed, you've done part of the work. You've done part of the work by planting that seed. Because guarantee you at some point, they're going to get to thinking. It may be one of them nights like last night when we talked about um, a hashrish, you know, when he couldn't sleep. And so I know sometimes when I can't sleep and I get up and I'm like, God, what is it you want me to do? So that person that you feel that you didn't win just because they didn't say, okay, sign me up, you know, for your church or when is the next Bible study? Trust and believe. God had his, has his finger on it. He's going to get them. Don't worry about it. Just give it time. Just give it time. Don't feel no type of way, right? 
But then, you know, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, Peter was a changed man. Hey, welcome, Sarah. Glad to see you. You know, he was a changed man, you know, once Jesus had died for our sins. And if we look at Romans 4 and 25, and I pull the NIV version, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. So then again, the next question I pose is what events or emotions is it time for you to bury? Time for you to bury those things and for you to become resurrected anew with a renewed mind, a new mindset, and say, I'm ready to start watering. I'm ready to start sowing into myself so I can grow, you know, begin to grow spiritually, be able to grow, um, you know, as a person and have people, you know, when you walk into a room, they say, something seems a little bit different. So you seem a little bit different. You know, I was answering the question saying, me, me. <laughs> you know, so you have to ask yourself, what, what, you know, what's got a hold on me? Thank you, sister-in-law. What thing has got a hold on me? Because again, those things come through our mind. Those things that God has said, I've delivered you from that. You just have to have the faith to step out on the water. I'm saying, come, come to me. Come on, come out here. I got you. But our faith isn't strong enough because we're still holding on to the fact that we aren't good enough. We were raped. We were molested. We were abused. Our parents, you know, mistreated us. You know, you didn't get that promotion you wanted. You were embarrassed at work. You know, you were the run of the family. You were made to feel like you weren't as important as the other siblings. You know, you may be overcoming a drug addiction. Whatever it is that's got you held back, that thing that you need to get out of shovel, bury that thing. Past is the past. I made new in Christ. Amen. Come on now. Talk to me. All right. Tell them, Tor. I'm going to tell them. Tonight. I'm going to tell them. Don't worry about it. You know, so Peter, he, he really began to grow. Now, the first thing, one of the first ways that he spiritually transformed on that day of Pentecost, recorded if you look at Acts 2, he preached the gospel in its fullness for the first time. If you look at Acts 4 and 5, and this was after Jesus was dead, buried, and resurrected. So if we look how he grew spiritually in his faith from that and if we think man you know he died he gave his life on calvary for me for little old me and i'm sitting here thinking that i'm not worthy i'm not deserving you know that that, that, that there's no reason for me to continue to grow because what they say when you stop growing you may as well just fall on over just take a blanket pull it on up over you and tell somebody sprinkle some dirt on me because you ain't got nothing left but you can't give up like that that's not why we were placed here right so if you look at acts four and five you know, Peter continued to preach even though he was put in prison for preaching. He didn't give up. He didn't stop. You know, a lot, like we talked about last night. Sometime we won't go on. We won't continue because of what people are saying. How people are making us feel. We get ashamed. You know, and they say, oh, you preaching that stuff again. You talking that stuff. Amen. I sure am. 24-7, 365. So if you don't want to be within earshot, you need to go that way. Whichever way you need to go because I'm going to keep on talking it. And maybe a little bit of it will catch up with them when they turn around and walk off. If you just keep talking even louder, maybe something will get in their ear. And later that night, maybe they can't sleep. A month from then, they can't sleep. And they be like, man. And they start thinking. So, so, don't, so don't worry about it. If you look at Acts 15, Peter took a leading part in um, the Jerusalem conference over circumcision. He really stood up. Yes, because the word of God, it remains consistent. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. If you look throughout Acts 9, 10, and 11, he preached 
to the first Gentile converts, even though, even though he knew the Jewish Christians would be upset with him. But he was like a soul as a soul, no matter what title you want to put on it. Because a lot of us, we feel like, man, you, I, uh, I know I used to say it, and maybe you've said it before, um, you know, thank you, thank you. How do you pronounce it? Ali? Um, I don't want to mess up anybody's name. Um, you know, you feel like once you start getting back into it and you say, you know, I think I'm going to go to church and you walk in, you know, and you're feeling paranoid and you hear a lot of people say, man, if I go to church, the door is just going to fall down. You know, it just might, you know, catch on fire. We just like that. But, um, you know, we, we, we're we being serious at the same time. And we shouldn't put ourselves down that way. Because once we make that step to step back out there, he's just saying, come on. Come on. One by one, two by two. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't worry about it. Come as you are. Don't worry about it. But we put those things on ourselves. Oh, am I dressed right? Is my hair right? You know, they're going to look at me. Is everybody going to know I ain't been here for a while? Hey, you there. Don't worry about what they're saying. And if they're in there, they shouldn't we they shouldn't even be worried about it. They shouldn't even be worried about it. They should be focused on the word that they're there to hear so they can go out. Right, we have to stop speaking hindrances in our own way, speaking them, thinking them, because those things, they get on us and they weigh us down. And I'm telling you, some of y'all, y'all be so deep in it sometimes, it just be tugging on me. And, and, and Mel Mel will tell you, I'll message her and say, girl, somebody tearing me up today. My sister-in-law, I'll to turn be like somebody is weighing on my spirit, weighing on my spirit real hard. I can feel it. I can feel it. Um, I just don't pop on like I did. Um, what was that last week or week before last all the time? You know, I just, I just pray for the release of, you know, whatever it is for that person uh, that's weighing them down so they can go ahead and get through another day. Because then again, we have to be compassionate. We have to be forgiving in heart because we never know what's going through a person's mind. Everybody's baffled now. You know, at the designer, Miss Spade, you know, everybody's baffled because they didn't see it coming. We never see it coming. We never see it coming. But if we watch close enough, if we ask questions and say, are you okay? Do you need somebody to talk to? But even then, they may not say, they may not say a word, but at least if you've come across that person, you know, on your conscious, conscious unwaveringly, you said, man, I reached out. I let them know that I was there. You know, signs and symptoms, exactly, exactly. Exactly. You always see a little bit of something, you know, so um, now the thing about it, um, you know, the way we, we I timelined out a few of the examples of, of Peter's spiritual growth. Have you timelined out your spiritual transformations? To me, that's important. You know, one, once, you know, I answered that call as I talk about in my book in chapter four, you know, and he said, it's time to come on back home. It's time to quit with the foolering, baby. It's time to come on back home. And I sat and I timelined out the advances I've made because when you're able to look and say, my, 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 look how far I've come. Look where I've come. You know, man, this is where I used to be. I used to be a non-believer. I didn't care what I said. I didn't care what I did, you know, but he still told me, come on back. I got you. Timeline that thing out. Now, that ain't to be boisterous and go out and show everybody, oh, look at me, look at what I did. But what I'm going to tell you, though, when needed, when needed, 
You pull out your receipt, your receipts to show the non-believers the mighty, mighty long way that he's brought you. Because I know just like me, oh, I can't help but say, he done brought me a mighty long way. I know somebody in the earshot of my voice on the other side of this screen, you can't tell me that he ain't brought you a mighty long way. You know, when I was in trouble, living deep, deep deep down in sin. He came along and he took me. He brought me, you know? So, so I'm quite sure I'm not the only one that's been through tribulations, you know? And, and I stand to say, that's right, just like the song say, he brought me a mighty long way. Somebody out there, he put a healing on your body. He told that old thing called death, get back. It ain't her time to go. It ain't his time to go. He said, get back, because she's still going to stay here. She got my work to do. He's still going to stay here. It ain't time for him to go. Because he got my work to do. So get on back, devil. That's what he's telling me. So if he's done these things for you, if you can think back and say, my God, look where I came from. You know, he may have brought you out of a drug addiction. He might have brought you out of a porn addiction. Anything that he's brought you out of, you need to say, thank you, Father. Thank you. You brought me. You done kept me. You done brought me so far. Look where I used to be. I might not be where I want to be, but you know what? I'm growing. I'm walking every day and I'm growing and I'm growing and I'm growing and before I know it we're going to be like that Chinese bamboo you don't see any kind of growth for about 45 years for 4 to 5 years then you look up overnight and that thing just shoots up and it can grow anywhere from 80 to 100 feet but you don't see nothing in the ground and you might be that same way people say man I don't think you know don't worry about what they think you keep, you keep getting and working on your own growth watering yourself growing changing things throughout your life. You know, when the storms of anger were raging inside, did he not calm and, and the waters and bring you peace? Did he not make it calm so you could lay your head and close your eyes and sleep at night? When the echoes of loneliness was driving you mad, when you're sitting there saying, I ain't got a friend, don't nobody love me, did he not come to you and whisper those words of comfort and love in your ear and say, you I never alone. Did he not come to you? I know he did. I know he came to somebody out there. When the loss of a loved one had you down on your knees, feeling like you couldn't go on. When you felt like, what am I going to do? Lord, what am I going to do? My mama gone. My daddy gone. My uncle gone. My aunt gone. My brother gone. Lord, because I know when I got that call on March 25th, I said, Lord, I know you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. And I couldn't sleep for a couple of nights, even months after I couldn't sleep. But you know what? He came to me and said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He puts it over. He says, you know, weeping may endure for the night. But what? cometh in the morning. He comes to you and says, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got that soul with me. Don't worry about it. You still there. You keep on living. You stand for that soul that's gone, that soul that you're grieving for. You do something to honor them. Don't let them being gone hold you back. You can't let yourself, as I've said before, go into Loda Bar, get down, beat down and disgusted because that ain't going to do that person any good. I know every time I get up and I hit this go live button, every time I tell my story, I know, be though my brother is not here, he physically here, I know spiritually and I can feel him smiling down saying, that's my big sister. That's what you got to do. So don't worry about it. You're going to shed tears. That's natural. That's a human emotion. But don't let yourself get bogged down from that thing. You got to come on up out of it. When you woke up this morning, 
morning instead of sleeping in your grave. As the old folks used to say, you didn't wake up on the cooling table. You did just say, thank you, Lord, for keeping me and bringing me a mighty long way. When you didn't know where your next meal was coming from, didn't he provide something? It may not be the food that you wanted, but as my grandma used to say, it ain't what you want to make your belly stick out. But he made sure that you had something in your belly. You hear what I'm saying? To teach him, to tell him, oh, hey, not only did he bring us, he brought us and he paid the eternal price. On Calvary, he set us free. So for the rest of your days, you ought to be giving him praise. You got to praise him right now like the blessings already came through. When you're wondering how you're going to get out the storm, just stand and say, God's grace, I know you got me. Get out your umbrella. It may be raining hard. Just get out your umbrella, but just know that storm is going to pass the same way it rained and rained and rained. We watched 30 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet. We couldn't even see the overpasses, but guess what? That water, it subsided. Houston's moving on. Houston's thriving on. That same way when them storms come through our life, eventually it's going to stop raining. But while it's raining, don't you sit there down and out. That's when you plan. That's when you work on your faith. That's when you get in the Word. That's when you talk to Him. So when you come out of it and people wondering and they're looking sad and lost, you can go out and say, baby, that's just a house. Don't you cry about that thing. Baby, that's just a car. File an insurance claim. That's just, don't worry about none of that. What you need to be standing out there saying when the rain stops, you need to be looking at the sun when it come out and say, thank you, God, you brought me through another storm. Even when we stray, when we don't obey, God's mercy and grace will keep you and bring you. He'll bring you along the way. So you can't help but say, thank you, Father, thank you. His grace is sufficient. You right now, as Mama Mosley Burke would say, you should feel like water. You should feel like talking. You should feel like preaching. You should feel like praying. You should feel like running. If you don't feel like shouting, something wrong with you. Something wrong with you because with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. All things. So the same way as Peter, you got to build your faith. You got to be strong in it. When you step out there, that board may seem weak. It may seem creaky. But you got to put your shoulders up, keep your head up, and look straight forward and know, he got me. He got me because he's telling you. Come on, that's right. All things. All things. Let's look here. How Peter, what Peter's formula for growth was, the recipe. If we look at 2 Peter 1. 2 Peter 1, the elements of growth. You look at 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11, right? The elements of growth. There's seven of them, seven things, and he gives them all to you in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11. The first one, virtue, the determination to do right. Won't nobody steal you wrong. You won't let nobody come along and throw you off the path. The way I say, Karen will stand up and say, mm-mm, not today, not on my watch, Second thing, knowledge, knowledge of the word of God, because it's the only source, the only source that can tell you what is right. It's the only source that we need to worry about, that we need to refer to. That's right. He always provides J9. The third thing we need to have, the third thing, self-control application of God's knowledge will give you self-control. You won't be out there wandering, wavering, wondering, what do I do? Which way do I go? Oh, Lord, tell me what to do. I already told you how to do it if you just get into the Word, right? Number four, 
perseverance, remaining steadfast, steadfast to the Lord. You don't come halfway and then turn around and then run back. The way Peter, when he got out there on that shallow faith and he started thinking, no, no, you stay steadfast. And you stay steadfast in the times when it's hard. You know, when it's easy to stay steadfast when everything's going good. The lights are on, the bills are paid, your stomach's full, you got a few little extra coins in the bank. But when time get tough, that's when you need to stay steadfast and keep your hand and your heart on the plow. Number five, godliness. Being like God as he would have you to be. That's number five. Number six, brotherly kindness. Tender affection towards brethren and sisters in Christ. And number seven, love, a devotion to God, Christ and your fellow man, which is expressed in obedience to God and service to man. Service to man. We went over that lesson before, being in servitude. If you have a lot, give somebody a little. If you have a little, give somebody a teeny little bit of whatever you got. You know, like uh, somebody I used to date. And, um... It'd be down to the last bite, but they take, you know how you get down to your last bite, but they'd always get ready to take that last bite. And then they say, do you want the other little part? And would always split it. That's one of the most touching things. So if you got just a little bit and you saying, but Lord, I only got, no, no, no. You got to take that butt out of there and say, how can I divide this to help somebody else that's in need? I guarantee you they'll be appreciative of it and you'll be blessed by it, right? To be fruitful in service. These things must be abound in our lives. That's right. You got to share, pay it forward, you know, and, and don't do it expecting anything back. Because if you do it for that reason, the only thing you're going to get back is a boomerang. Welcome Natasha. The only, that's the only thing you're going to get back when he sends that boomerang after you for doing wrong because you know that ain't right. Be diligent in effort and add those elements into your face, right, right upside the head. So you have to be pure of heart. And again, you can tell everybody, I can tell Mama Waters, I'm doing this for the Lord. But if that's a lie, he knows it. He knows it. You know, again, our mouths are all cut the same way with the ability to lie. But the one person that we can't lie to is Sometimes, actually, we can't lie to ourselves because we fool ourselves into a lot of things, but we cannot lie to him. He knows our true heart. He knows it. You know, so there I've given you the recipe for spiritual growth, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Love. Being constantly in servitude. You know, and such growth makes salvation sure. It keeps one from stumbling. And grants interest into that upper room. Then that's what you got to do. Ain't no if, ands, or buts around it. That's what you got to do. And if you go back, you know, when you start wondering, jot it down. Second Peter 1, 5 through 11. Peter gives you the formula. He gives you the recipe again. You know, uh, because as I say, you know, we all need to be praising. Because I know I've come so far. You, uh, somebody over there has come far. And you're like, man, man, look at God. Look at him. Don't be afraid. That's right. Bake the cake, then eat it, anime. Eat every bit of it and sit there and say, my, 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 this is good. Just have a piece for yourself. Light a candle. Get yourself a little cupcake and say, day of celebration. Look how far I've come. Six months ago, I was here. A week ago, I was here. Some of you, at the beginning of this scope, you may still have the smell of weed on your fingers. You may still have the smell of cavassier on your breath, but maybe something 
inside of this scope will make you want to say, you know what? Because all you got to do is say, I'm ready, God, because he's standing on the water saying, come on, come on. Go in there and wash your hands. Go in there and brush your teeth. He's waiting on you. Go and dump that bottle down the sink. He's waiting on you. That's all you got to do. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Change for the better. Amen. You, and we can't help but praise him, you know, because if you think about what could have happened, but it didn't. Think about it. What could have happened, but it didn't. If you think about what would have happened, but that attack, God was like, not today, not on my watch. It didn't happen. If you think about what should have happened from them things that you was doing, that lifestyle that you was in, that way that you was running, them people that you was running with, if you think about what should have happened and say, man, that didn't even work against me. I'm still standing here strong. You got to praise him. The word says, bless the Lord at all times and keep his praise continually in our mouth. So I'm here, here to tell you, move past where you are in that self-pity part. Welcome, my brother Jaru. Move past how you're feeling right now. Come on out yourself. No matter what's going on, bless the Lord at all times. Praise Him like you've already been blessed. Picture the blessings. Write them out. Draw them out like they already there and say, thank you, God. And when people look at you and say, what you saying? Thank you for you ain't got nothing. Say, you a lie and the devil is a lie. I got my father I got my God. I got my man, Jesus, that died on the cross for me. That's what I got. You might not see anything material because that's what you're looking at. You're looking at the wrong thing. But I got something that's even better, right? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my shield and the horn of salvation. So what you got to do is be like a tree planted by the rivers of the water that brings forth this fruit in its seed whose leaves shall not wither and whatever you do shall and will prosper. You got to be the fruit of the spirit, right? You got to give unconditional love. You got to go out and intentionally, purposefully, as I end every message, be intentional, be purposeful, be intentional and purposeful in bringing joy to others. Spread peace, you know? This world is trouble. It needs peace. It needs people to come together. You know that thing called, uh, that we call racism, uh, colorism, you know, that's a talk kind of thing. That's a talk thing, you know, that that can be broken. That thing can be broken, but we all got to come together. You know, I, I saw something the other day, and it disturbed me real bad um, when I saw it. And I said, how can you be a man of God standing in the pulpit telling your congregation the things that you're telling them? If they want to marry a person of this color, don't come to you because you ain't marrying them. If you want counseling and you marry to a person of this color, don't come to you as the pastor, as the man of God. But I tell you what, man of God, the man man above sees. The man above heard everything that come out your mouth. Heard everything. And everybody that sat up in there clapping. The day of judgment is soon cometh. It soon cometh. And people know your heart. Even though we couldn't see your faces, people know your heart. You're going to be exposed. The Bible says so. It says so in the word. So you got to be that fruit of the spirit. You know, uh, uh, you got to endure long suffering without complaints. You know, you can't sit there saying, oh, I'm going 
going through this. I ain't got this. I won't, I won't, I won't. All you got to do when you get in that point and you're whining about the long suffering that you're in, think about your previous shoulda, woulda, couldas that happened to you. But the fact that you're still here in long suffering, just be patient. Be wait. Work on your wisdom. Work on having an understanding heart. Get yourself in servitude. Display kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and have self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. You got to walk in the way of goodness and, and, and keep to the path of righteousness. God is able to comfort those who are afflicted, and he always, always fulfills his promises. He's able to take nothing and create something. He's able to take something, you know, and, and, and just turn it into something like, my, 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 look what he did. Look what he did. Huh? What's the thing said? Trying to turn a, a dollar into 15 cents. He can make that happen for you. He can do that. I'm telling you, I've seen him. I've seen him work. I still see him work. I tell you, he's able to deliver. He's able to give you the strength to rise above those trials and tribulations. And you just have to remember, my cousin runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And may you dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever and ever. Just work on that spiritual growth. Build it up. Build it up. And when you dis get discouraged and it don't feel like you're getting anywhere, just remember, go back and watch that lesson I taught again on that Chinese bamboo. You don't see nothing. Nothing. Not even a sprout. All you see is dirt for about four to five years. Then the next thing, boom, that thing grows overnight. And people walk out and say, my, my, my. That's why. When you say, man, why is this bamboo stuff so expensive? That's why. That's why, because there's been some work, some growth put off into that thing. So that's my message for you tonight. Think about Peter when you feel like you're not worthy, when you feel like you can't go on, when you say, man, I don't know which way to turn. Ain't but one way to the turn. Turn to the word. Turn to the word. Work on your spiritual growth. Don't worry about what they're saying out there because they're going to talk. No matter, no matter what you do. If you don't, they still going to talk. So I say do because I want to see all of my brothers and sisters in the upper room when it's time to go. Because we all on deck. We just don't know when our ticket going to be punched. So make sure you got something in your storehouse. Make sure you're ready because I want to see everybody up there. All right? That's my word tonight. I hope it helps something, lighten something in your spirit. I hope it maybe lit a fire down in your belly. And you say, man, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to know a little bit more about this thing that old tornado comes on here and talks about every night. All right? So then all you got to do, because he's standing there saying, come on, come on, come on. You got this. You can walk on that boy. I got you. Just, just keep looking forward. Keep your eyes on the prize. All right? Until tomorrow night when we come back. Come back, and, and uh, we're going to close it out. We got one more great champion of God that we're going to talk about when we close it out for Friday night. I'll be back in the building tomorrow, 8.30 p.m.-ish. Central Standard Time. Until then, bless you. Thank you, Sarah. Welcome, Maryland. Until then, as I always say, walk good, do good, be good. I love y'all. I really do. Love you, Mama Waters. I'm out of here. Be purposeful. Be intentional. And remember, he loves you. Walk out on faith. He's waiting on you. He's going to catch you. Don't worry. <laughs>